Hello and welcome to another episode of Open Us. This is the podcast about openness to new experiences. I'm Professor T and with me, as always, is my co-host, Dr. Toomey. How are you doing this evening, Toomey? I am very good. Thank you very much, Professor T. It is a Monday evening. How are you? For a Monday evening, I'm not too bad. I've had worse Mondays, certainly in the past. This is an average Monday, I'd say. Yeah, I actually said to my fiance Liz yesterday that I declared yesterday as the end of winter. That's how I feel today. Today started off like winter. It was very gloomy in the morning and the weather was rainy and cold, but then it kind of brightened up as the day went on. And what can I ask prompted this wild declaration? Uh, We were walking uh, out in Sandy Mount and it was just very bright and there was lots of people out um, and I just declared it. There was something about the the brightness of the light that that inspired me to announce the end of winter. Well, I hope you're right, Dr. Toomey, because I was reading the weather forecast earlier and it's forecasted or forecast, I'm not sure, to sleet and possibly even snow this evening. So I don't know how you're going to deal with that reality tomorrow if it faces you. Well, I must admit, my mother sent me a text message to the same effect. So that started me to doubt, doubting myself earlier on today. Well, perhaps you better go back and study meteorology again, because making wild claims like the end of winter is a mug's game, really. Yes, and maybe I have enough doctorates already. Oh, yes. <laughs> Double doctor. Anyway, moving on. Um, yes, will we sort of keep going into this task that we did at the weekend a mere two days ago? Yes. Uh, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's let's plow into it. The task itself. Let's plow into it. And the task itself was. The task itself was to walk from Ashtown train station, which is close to where I live, and close to where some of our friends live as well, uh, to Manute, to our friend's new house, which he bought recently in Manute. And the purpose of the walk was, well, firstly to do a longer walk than any of us have ever done before, certainly a longer deliberate walk. Um, and then secondly, to go and see our friend's new house. So he got the train out from Minute to Ashtown and we set off on our walk from Ashtown train station directly to Minute with no stops uh, along the way. Yes, yes. Um, I felt like last week we had a bit of trouble justifying the, the point of this task. Um, but uh, I yeah. felt it was very the, worthwhile well, task. The justification... Sorry, sorry for interrupting you there. The justification of it is still troubling me, I might add. <laughs> yes, even there when you were you were providing the rationale for it, I, part of me didn't really fully believe in it. No, I, I wasn't buying that. I wasn't buying that shit myself. <laughs> Should we just be upfront about this from the start? This was a bit of a sham of a task. Well, it was our least creative and least, least inspired task, I think, so far. But, we, like, you know, we still did it. We still walked from, from Ashdown to Manute. There was some, something we wouldn't usually do. Something we've never done. Mm. Four-hour walk, and uh, we all met up in Ashtown and we came from different parts of Dublin, and our friend came from, from Manute. So it was a sense of occasion when we met up. I think with the meeting time was 9.45 p.m. A.M. A.M., yes. And that's about as exciting as it gets. The miss, the missing up of time, mixing up of times. Well, some of us were ready to go at nine forty-five a.m., but some of us got a taxi to the incorrect train station, uh, the um, Navan Road Parkway, I believe, is where your taxi driver brought you. Yes, the taxi driver told us that there was no names on the stations, and he told us that the Navan Parkway station was in fact Ashtown. Um, that's a sh- shocking lack of uh, 
knowledge of Dublin. But Ashtown is such a landmark and an area that everybody knows, at least everybody knows the Ashtown roundabout. And the Ashtown train station would be quite well known as well, I'd say. It was surprising. I think I was a little bit flustered because I felt like I should know where Ashtown train station is, having drove past it maybe a dozen times at this stage. Uh, yeah. Do you, know, do you know what I always do when I'm in a taxi and I, I'm not 100% certain the driver knows where he's going? I put the location into Google Maps myself and then follow along with the journey. And if he veers off track, I just kind of ask politely, um, are we taking this right or that type of thing? And that usually rectifies the situation. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's a good idea. I've actually done that myself. But I, I've been in the back of a taxi just uh, sneakily doing that. But I've left the sound on on Google Maps. Have you ever done that in the back of a taxi? Where, where you're, you're caught out in the act. It's like, turn left. <laughs> no, I'd never, I'd never have the sound feature on on that actually at all. So I, I yeah. wouldn't get caught with that. So it's a slippery slope. Um, so we arrived anyway, and myself and Kevin Brophy, uh, decided, well, I forced him to get a Coca-Cola, Coke. Um, Coke for the layman. <laughs> everybody was meeting up at 9.45 outside uh, the train station, as we said, and there was a coffee shop right beside it in Ashtown. And I, we arrived uh, there maybe at 9.44 um, or, or just a couple of minutes before you lads. I think you were all down in the, the shop. Anyway, this, the build-up isn't worth this story. The, the, the punchline is that I made him have a Coke. So we went into this coffee shop. They had menus and everything for us. And I said, no, we just want to sit down and have a Coke. So we sat down really quickly. And they were really confused because we just wanted a Coke. This was the most confusing thing that, that ever had been before them in the coffee shop. And Brophy was confused, I must admit, as well. Um, but I said, no, we just have a quick Coke. It's slightly odd behaviour, however. <laughs> it is, I suppose it's... A, Some, somewhat odd. So they got us a glass of ice and we had a Coke. And then as soon as we sat down to, to start into the drinks, you, you lads all appeared and you were outside hanging around laughing at us, uh, sneering well, at us. Yeah, we were sneering, and rightly so. So I saw you through the window with Brophy, and we were looking at you going, what the hell are they doing sitting down having a Coke? And the Cokes were in cans, and it looked like you were pouring the Cokes into glasses as if you were setting up shop there for the next 10 or 15 minutes. Yes. And we were looking on at the, at the temerity of the two of you. Well, and our faces having a Coke. Well, I must admit I had an egg on my face. That was my second sort of blunder of the day after the taxi incident. Um, but I didn't fall at the third hurdle that Kevin Brophy fell at. Do you know what mistake he made? Which, which was this? No, no. He said, uh, I'm not going to finish the Coke here. I'm going to bring the can of Coke with me. And this this was actually a, a terrible mistake for him. I've, I finished the Coke or as much, much of, of it as I could in the coffee shop. But he only finished half the Coke. And then he carried the can of Coke with him. And then we started out on our walk and he carried the can of Coke with, with him for at least an hour and he complained and he was carrying he was carrying that thing for miles <laughs> yeah. and it seemed like he didn't want to throw it away or put it in his bag or someone else's bag or anything uh, he, he was saving it he got himself into a bit of a pickle as to say yeah I mean like he could have just drunk all of it and drained it and then put it in his back pocket I did that later on in the walk it's you know it was it was doable it was manageable it wasn't a, a huge thing to overcome but uh, for some reason he carried it around for, for miles yeah yeah like he, he he'd at least uh, reported it to me on two separate occasions that he still had the can of coke. Um, 
but yeah, that was that was a noticeable notable thing to start off with. The, the other notable thing is the the amount of preparation that people seem to go into, and the varying amounts of preparation that people went into. So I just turned up in my street clothes, which was uh, just my case with shoes and uh, sort of skinny jeans and my, like jumper and a coat. But what did the rest of you turn up in, Professor T? <laughs> well, you know, I had a pair of hiking runners, uh, which I bought. Um, a while back when I was doing um, a thing in work where we were going to be out uh, doing tasks out in parks and this type of adventure stuff uh, a while back so it was necessary to have a pair of runners that could manage outdoor terrain for long periods of time and possibly rain so I brought those I was also wearing skinny jeans because I don't possess a pair of tracksuit bottoms um, or certainly not one that I'd wear outside anyway um, and then I was wearing a hoodie and a jacket. But uh, I also had a rain jacket. I had a packed lunch, lunch consisting of two sausage sandwiches. Two and sandwiches. <laughs> two sausage sandwiches and a peanut butter and jam. Third sandwich. Uh, then I had a bottle of water, a bottle of Lucasade, uh, and a separate extra pair of shoes. Yeah, like it was just an unbelievable level of preparation, I felt. Uh, and, and you're whipping out the first sandwich after about 20 minutes. It was like, I need a sandwich! But see, I hadn't had any breakfast, so that was my first food of the day. And then I'd say I, I, there was an hour and a half in between each subsequent sandwich, which I thought was fair. Well, <laughs> well it's not for, not for me to judge what's, what's fair or not, I suppose. You, you can, you're free to have as many sandwiches as you want on, a, on however many walks you want. Yes, yes, I am. And the, the extra shoes came in handy, I have to say, because the other ones were fucking caked in muck by the time we got to Agnew's house. So I was able to change out of them and change into a separate pair of runners for the pub and for the later part of the evening. Uh, and the rain jacket came in very handy because it started pissing rain for about 20 minutes. So I think all in all, I was well prepared. Yes, you were. And uh, other friends who we, we've we mentioned, one of them, Kevin Brophy, he sort of came in a, tra- a strange mix of tracksuit and jumper. Uh, kind of a mix between the two uh, and runners. Um, yeah, and a, and a heavy coat that you'd wear into work on a winter's morning. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was slightly bizarre, but uh, it worked for him. Um, and then we had uh, the other two uh, gentlemen, uh, Dara and John. Uh, they were also very well prepared. They were in kind of sportswear. Well, Dara more was in the sportswear with uh, sort of tight fitting clothes, and John John had um, Walker's pants. It appeared and Walker's shoes. And both of them had a bag as well. Walkers as in a brand name Walkers or Walkers no. as in pants that a person who walks Cur- would have? The latter. Okay, sorry. Yes. Walkers so, could, could theoretically be a brand name of clothing. Could be. Yeah, I suppose it could be. As well as the crisps. But I was taken aback again by the, the level of preparation for, because for me it was four hours and you're starting at 9.30, you're finishing up at about uh, two o'clock-ish. And we've all had holidays abroad in different cities where you'd be walking around for four hours. And I thought it wasn't such a big deal. So I was a bit taken aback by you mm. prepared but people. Did you regret your choice of footwear at the end of it? Yes. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But if I could have just changed the footwear, I would have worn older footwear because of a thing that wasn't in the brochure, shall we say. And that was the sludge that was in certain parts of the walk. Yeah, well, see, and, and quite frankly, puddles. Rural island. Puddles, yes, there were puddles. But you're, you're walking through rural island. I, island. Ireland. Ireland. Rural Ireland. 
Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> you're walking through <laughs> average Persian. <laughs> Throwbacks there. You're walking through rural Ireland uh, for a lot of this, and there's no paving for over 50% of this walk. Um, maybe you, you assume that, that there would be paved a paved pathway right from Ashtown to Maynooth, but unfortunately that was not the case. That's exactly what I assumed. And there was parts of the walk where it, where it clearly said on the sign, uh, walkway closed or footpath closed, <laughs> yes. and we ventured on. And we just made our way uh, around the fence and just continued walking. Um, yeah, but like the thing is, I it might not have been in the brochure, but I had walked as far as Cool Mine before um, a couple of times, and it was never wet those days. So I wasn't walking through sludge. I was walking on muck and grass, but it wasn't wet or sludgy. So I'd never experienced that myself. But I did think ahead enough to think that, you know, while it has been raining, I probably should wear outdoor terrain specialist runners um, at the minimum. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is that a cutting comment, is it? <laughs> no, I mean, that's. That was just how I thought. No, no, your your rationale made sense. Uh, but it, it was a bit surprising. There was one particularly particular part where we were kind of in the middle of this section of canal walk. And it was just mud and puddles for... It just stretched out in front of us. And that was... I was As I said on, the, on Saturday, I felt disconsolate at that stage. Disconsolate, yeah. That was a new word for me now. It's gone into the memory bank, though. I'll definitely use that in the future. The rain... The, the cold rain dropping into your face, the wind blowing into your face, puddles and sludge beneath you, and the wrong footwear, in my case. Yes, yeah. and, and there was no end in sight of that for quite a while, actually. It, it seemed like that was going to be with us for the remainder of the walk. Yeah, and I think, for me anyway, I have a certain amount of tolerance where I'm like, oh, oh, oh it's part of, the, part of the trip, and it's part of the experience. But then after a while, the, the thoughts get a bit more sullen, shall we say. <laughs> and one has to take some time out so you were disconsolate and sullen sullen and slightly angry <laughs> okay. but that was only for about 25 minutes out of the four hours that's fair enough that's a fair portion of the trip to be sullen and disconsolate <laughs> and angry for the rest of it was very enjoyable and the other thing about it that that reminds me of is that because it was four hours of walking everybody got some time to talk about whatever they wanted ad nauseum yeah and there was a lot of talking going on yeah and there was different groups of twos and threes and whatever um, forming throughout the walk so that was good yeah you, you had the group option with the chat you had a uh, two-person chat you could have a three-person chat there were some private chats going on at different phases like you know two lads hanging out in the back or there was yeah. there was that sprit like striding out the front there's all kinds of stuff going on yeah, and do you know what? It's a good excuse to go and hang around with your mates for four hours because the only other place you do that usually is the pub, which we did do later, admittedly, but we couldn't have stayed in the pub the entire day because that would have been insane. So, um, yeah, it was good. It was good to get out and be with people for that amount of time in a non-drinking environment. Um, yes. Because we don't really do that very often. Yeah, and I think maybe being out in that environment and having so much time, there was, there was no pressure on the quality of the conversation. So you could come up with some shite conversation that lasts five minutes but that doesn't matter because you have to fill up the four hours and people are grateful for some conversation even if it's not the highest quality yeah i believe you and john were talking about the royal family for about 10 to 15 minutes <laughs> yes I, I became a bit disconsolate during that <laughs> 
Yeah, we were. <laughs> it was mostly me. I think I was uh, trying to get out of my system uh, everything that Liz had informed me about uh, Meghan Markle and um, uh, what's his name, Harry. Uh, Harry. I, I felt I had to update the lads on their relationship because I had the information in my in my head and I wanted to share it. This is true. Sorry, I'm going to have to cut in here and say I'm going to have to turn off the heat uh, because it's absolutely roasting. Okay. So just give me a second here. Unprecedented. Sorry. You're going to turn off the heat. This is the first time ever on the podcast he's had to stop to turn off the heat. I'm just going to leave this in. Apologies about that there. I had to turn off the heat. The heat. The heat. <laughs> I have to turn it off. The heat. The heat. As a culture would, would say it. as The hate. yeah, they would say that. And they'd say bait as well, probably. <laughs> You can't bait the hair. You can bait your wife, you can bait your children, but you can't bait the crack. Yes. <laughs> Correct. Uh, I felt like we were talking about something before that, but I can't remember. Oh, we were talking about the royal family. Yes. And uh, Meghan Markle and uh, Prince Harry. And we were talking about how it was sad that Harry and William are no longer close. Um, and we were trying to evaluate the whole situation. Well, you were talking about that. I was talking about <laughs> the whole situation. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not following this at all. Like, I don't follow the royal family one iota. So, obviously, I was aware of the story, but that's about as far as my knowledge went or goes with that topic. Yeah, and I don't really care about it either. Hmm. Okay. If you're hearing liquid pouring in the background, it's because I'm drinking a pot of tea here. I'll just let you know. I don't normally pour from a pot of tea while we're recording, but I have made a pot of tea, and I'm going to continue to drink the tea. Well, there's a lot of firsts tonight, isn't there? There's the heat... There's the tea. There's there sure is something royal else. family discussions. Yes, yes. Um, but uh, anything else <laughs> about the walk? Uh, I don't think so. So we walked for hours, and it was a good walk. There were bits of the terrain we were advised by signs not to walk on. We barged through that anyway. It was quite muddy. It was quite wet. That cleared up. We got back to dry land. We ploughed ahead. I think everybody's legs started and lower backs started to get sore, maybe about three, three and a half hour mark. But we ploughed through anyway. And we eventually, after cutting through a golf course, made it to Agnew's house, which was brilliant. It was brilliant to arrive at his house. I think it took three hours and 48 minutes in total. So it's slightly faster than Google Maps recommended. But I think we always beat Google's recommendations with walks. Yes, I think it was 20 kilometres. I think that was the the total amount. And I think the, the amount of calories burnt was about 30 just under 1300 so it wasn't bad for an exercise no, it was pre- pretty good yeah and it was a good excuse for us all to get together um Cor- correct correct if if we hadn't had had this excuse to get together we probably wouldn't have seen each other for another as a group probably for six to eight weeks probably not until agnes wedding <laughs> yeah <laughs> in june <laughs> Until Agnes wedding in June, <laughs> but that's the way it is, um, and it just shows you if you come up with new activities um, and you, etc. You know where I'm going with that. Yeah, if you well, do you know what I was surprising surprised by the number of people who turned out. So there was five people who showed up at this. Five out of a possible seven of our close friends who still live in Ireland. So five out of seven is great for what was on the table, which was a four-hour walk. So you, you wouldn't think that you'd get a crowd for it, but somehow we did. Maybe there's a market for daytime activities. Yeah, I think there is. And I think everybody secretly um, wants things to do, but it has to be right. It has to be right for everybody. And this one, for some reason, just was. Yeah. 
absolutely, absolutely. And then we went to the pub, of course. After of course. after seeing uh, Mr. Agnew's uh, beautiful new house, uh, very impressive. Uh, I suppose it's not uh, appropriate for us to discuss his personal business on the podcast. No, no need to discuss the house. Other than to say, it was a very nice house and it was very warm. Yes, it was very warm, and uh, w- there was a certain section of the house that we both, that everybody really liked. Yes, <laughs> an unspecified section on the ground floor. Yeah, unspecified. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, then we had a lovely um, pub grub, carvery type of thing. And we proceeded to have perhaps, perhaps 12 pints. <laughs> <laughs> well, around that, yeah. Between pints in the pub and then cans back in the house and cans in the taxi. And that was, that was good too. Yeah, it was very enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> This is um, this is dragging. So this is dragging. Um, there isn't enough content or material to fill up too much more time on this task. Uh, we could regale some um, kind of details of the conversations that we had as friends, but we probably shouldn't just pad out the podcast with that. No, that's probably boring, I'd say, to the listener. Yeah. I'd say a, a healthy 30% of this has been boring to the listener already. Yes, I'd say that's a uh, modest estimate. Yeah. Well, okay, reflecting back on this task, we opened ourselves up to a new walk, down a new canal, and a new group activity. Although one interesting thing that came out in the, the pub conversation afterwards was that we should do something new as a group more often. So this could inspire us to do more new things. Like So two ideas we came up with were horse riding, oh, yeah. <laughs> which we'd never do as a group, and the other one was going out on a boat. Um, a boat, yeah. I was, I was well into the boat idea. Yeah, going out as a boat as a group, uh, maybe across the River Shannon or go fishing or something like that. So so that I think that was a really good thing to come out of this is the the enthusiasm for further novel ideas as friends. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Okay, uh, did you have anything further to comment on or reflect on or any further thoughts about the day or the evening itself um no did what you about this collective confession thing you wanted to say oh collective confession thing that was uh, <clears throat> okay um i was just saying later on in in the evening that after we'd had our 12 points towards the end of the, the, the evening i was saying this is amazing how we've all been here and we've had our ups and downs during the day and if you break it down we all had five minutes where we were really narky we were really rude. We all had about five minutes during the day. And you were like, speak for yourself. This shouldn't be a collective confession. <laughs> and then we were just laughing about the phrase collective confession that you had coined. Don't was be I, making a I, collective confession for us. Was I jokingly saying that? or was You I were joking, serious? but you were, just, you were still... <laughs> You're still making the point that it was a collective <laughs> confession. <laughs> in fairness, we did. I, I I had a bit of a tantrum in the pub. Uh, John was being a bit narky throughout the day. Uh, you had a bit of a, a tantrum about fashion. Yeah, I, I got on my high horse about fashion, which I have no idea. About. I have no opinions on fashion, yet I got into a very a debate with everybody about fashion. <laughs> this happens when you daytime drink. It's just it's part of... Well, it's part of the process of just drinking pints during the day and yes. still drinking at midnight. You're going to have a few 
random arguments or you're going to heavily back a point or a topic that you couldn't give a fuck about <laughs> yeah. in real life. And those types of arguments, you forgot what you said two minutes before. So yeah. people are like, no, you've changed your point there. And you're like, no, I'm not. I haven't. <laughs> and in your head, you're thinking, baby, I have. But, but in your head, you're also thinking you're fighting for your life <laughs> at this point. <laughs> that you just started caring about 10 minutes ago. Yeah. And then the best thing I think of people could do with that situation is just ignore you and move on. <laughs> And just change, yeah. change the conversation. Because you'll forget yourself in another 10 minutes what the hell you were talking about. I've done this a, a number of times. Like I, I know exactly where... I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So there was just a bit of slight fear about that. but uh, And the collective confession was about... Yeah, we all were probably had our five minutes of Waxilla, shall we say. <laughs> yes. Right. Okay. On that little uh, punchy ending, shall we move on to next week's task? Yes, let's move on to next week's task indeed. Uh, well, next week's task is going to be... Fuck, I've forgotten. What are we doing again? Next week's task is something that you never in your life would do. Oh, fuck. Sure, I'm looking at it here. I have my phone on uh, pl- airplane mode, but the page I have open is a page about the Irish League of Ireland football team, Shamrock Rovers. Shamrock Rovers. Professor T, will you reveal to the listener in full what next week's task is about? Okay, so to reveal in full, uh, not partially, we are going to go to a Shamrock Rovers game on Friday of this coming week, and we're going to discuss it, I'm um, oh, sorry, of this week, sorry, and we're going to discuss it this coming week on the podcast episode. So just to give you a bit of background, because I'm not sure how much people actually know about us personally, or what episode they dropped in on, or whatever, but I have no interest in football or sport of any sort. I did mention this on the episode where I discussed the Super Bowl, so you probably will know that. But I've never been interested in football or sport at all, really. And I did try to get into football when I was about 9 or 10. I watched Match of the Day. I collected Premier League stickers, because everybody was into it. I tried my best. I read Shoot Magazine sometimes, and Match. But alas i just wasn't interested in it and it, that really went and it, it's much broader than that it's it's really all sport I, I just don't have any interest in and it's never something that's appealed to me and it's never something that's uh, it's never something that has hooked me in or i've never been flicking through channels and left on sport or anything like that i just i'm just not interested in it but but i will say that the idea of local sport and a smaller club in a smaller ground with more passionate hardcore fans would be slightly more appealing to me than maybe going to uh, a, a Republic of Ireland match in the Aviva Stadium or something like that. So the smaller kind of um, more localised, more passionate fan is is something that I'd be more interested in, in experiencing at least as a spectator. Um, as well maybe as the football I'm not sure but I definitely will enjoy the experience I think so that's what we're going to do next Friday we're going to go to a League of Ireland football match uh, a Shamrock Rovers home game is it? It is a home game it's Shamrock Rovers versus Dundalk which is a top of the table clash I believe Um, so I follow football um, but not League of Ireland football I've always been close minded to it even though uh, like yourself I like the idea of uh, local sport and local industry thriving but i've never uh taken the time to get into league of ireland football even though i know it's improved a huge amount in the last five to ten years probably since they switched to playing more of it in the summertime and the springtime when there's better um 
condition weather conditions um yeah so so for me the whole thing what i'm opening myself up to is uh giving the league of ireland a chance and very good and i just want to say we we might come back to your experiences growing up with sports uh next week because that is an interesting thing and i think there's actually quite a lot of layers in that the the kind of whole thing about uh young men um sort of being forced to like sport I think that'll be an yeah. interesting one to return to. It will be, yeah. We can discuss that next week, definitely. And, yeah, that's the topic for next week. So we're going to see Shamrock Rovers play. And I think, really, with that description of next week's task, we can leave this episode uh, at that. Yeah, and this is one that our Dublin listeners can actually join in on. They can go to Shamrock Rovers on Friday night, 8 o'clock in Tallis Stadium. Tickets on sale now. Yes, they can. If you'd like to join in, please attend the game as well, and then we will discuss it with you, and you can contact us on our various social media platforms, which are at the end of every episode. So if you want to join in the conversation, or if you have never been to a League of Ireland match, and you happen to like football, or even if you don't, join in. Go along. See what you think. Well, let us know. One interesting thing about this one is if we were to market it on Twitter, say, and the Shamrock Rovers Football Club supporters, supporters football club, uh, what? I don't know what you're trying to say there. <laughs> the Shamrock Rovers supporters found out about this. I wonder what they'd think. Because I wonder as well. We're not the uh, typical Rovers fans, I would say. No, definitely not. And I don't know how I'm going to blend into this at all. Um, but uh, I don't even know what to wear. I don't have obviously any football kit or any of that kind of stuff. So um, probably go in like skinny jeans and a denim jacket and see how that works out. Yeah. No, it will be interesting. And uh, another thing about it is uh, I am. Um, I follow uh, Man United would be my favourite team, but I think because they're from a dif- different country, I don't have a strong connection with them like the way I would with the Dublin Gaelic football team, which I could never see myself not having that. So I wonder if I could sort of develop that through League of Ireland. Perhaps, perhaps not. But let's see. Yeah, well, it remains to be seen. We'll report back on that very issue next week uh, when we check in after having watched Shamrock Rovers in Tala Stadium. So... I think that's going to do it for episode 14 of Open Us. I've been Professor T. He's been Dr. Toomey. Any final words, Dr. Toomey? Stay open. If you'd like to contact us on social media ahead of next week's task, search for us on Twitter. It's at Open Us Podcast. On Facebook, it's also Open Us Podcast. On Instagram, it's Open Us Podcast. And via email, it's Open Us Podcast at gmail.com. Shamrock Rovers in Tallis Stadium. Shamrock Rovers in Tallis Stadium. Shamrock Rovers in Tallis Stadium. The Shamrock Rovers supporters found out about this. I wonder what they think. Shamrock Rovers in Tallis Stadium. The Shamrock Rovers supporters found out about this. Shamrock Rovers in Tallis Stadium. I wonder what they think.